Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello everyone, this is Cynthia Smalls with Bad to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are walking in repentance. We are striving every day to live a life of holiness and righteousness as we wait for our Lord to return. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's get started. I want to talk about what does Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 10 mean? So it says that if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Amen. Okay, so now upon reflection, when we read those two verses, we assume that this is a salvation two-step process, right? I thought the same thing as well, but upon study with the Lord, I now see that this is not talking to a lost soul. This is not for a sinner who is looking to be saved. This is not a two-step process for them. So if we were to put these two verses into context, we can get a clearer and better understanding and what the Lord was trying to convey via the Holy Spirit to Paul. So to put this into context, we see that Romans 10 verses 5 through 13 explores how Israel's people have for the most part rejected God by refusing to trust in Christ instead of waiting for some new truth to fall from heaven or float up from the abyss they ought to recognize that truth has already been given how through the Lord Jesus Christ he showed up on the scene and he walked among them amen so all who confess Christ as Lord and believe in his resurrection will be saved. And this is true for both Jews and Gentiles. Now, my beloved, I'm going to need you all to hang in there with me because I know because and I know that we have all been taught at some point or another that these scriptures refer to someone who is lost who want to be saved and we were told that if we were to recite these verses we can be saved but the chapter summary is this Paul's heart 
is broken for his people. And because of that brokenness, we lead up to chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. But he prays that Israel will be saved through faith in Christ. Their enthusiasm for, for God is made useless by their attempt to be made righteous by their own law keeping instead of by faith in Christ. What then is required to be saved, one may ask. One must confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. The same is true for both Jews and Gentiles. God waits patiently for Israel to turn and believe. Okay, so now with that chapter summary, you may be thinking, you just said in order for us to be saved that we must confess Jesus is Lord and we must believe in our heart that he rose from the dead. Okay, like I said, hang in there with me, okay, because once this teaching is over and done with, you too, like I have come to have a better understanding. And who this scripture really was for? Was it for Israel or was it for the, the sinner who wants to be saved? Okay, so for three whole chapters, Paul gives a lengthy but beautiful discourse on the gospel and his relationship to Israel. He recounts Israel's past history in chapter 9. He describes Israel's future hope in chapter 11, and he explains their present condition in chapter 10. For some reason, certain people consider that because of Israel's apostasy, God has terminated his promises to Israel, but that is not true. Paul's decisive response to this is, may it never be as clearly laid out in these chapters. Chapter 9 focuses on the sovereignty of God and his unchangeable promises to Israel, their divine election and his changeless plan, particularly in connection with Israel. Now, chapter 11 reaffirms the plans that God will one day carry out through his people Israel and gives a strong rebuttal against the false teaching that the church has replaced Israel, while chapter 10 has its sights on the place of Israel in the present during this church dispensation. So, we can see, <clears throat> excuse me, we can see now that through Paul's brokenness and his heartfelt plea for Israel, that if only they would believe in Christ, then they can say and confess with their mouth, He is Lord, He is God, He is the Christ. And if they believe in his, in their hearts, that when he died on that cross, he rose again. And so if they were to believe that, and if they confess it, then they can be saved. So as we, as we can see that this is where the confusion comes into play. Verse uh, 9 and, and 10 is not a salvation prayer. It is not a two-step process in order to be saved, but it comes 
out of the heartbreak that Paul was expressing to his people by saying, listen, and I'm power, I'm paraphrasing here. Listen, my people, you all missed it. You all missed the mark. Christ, the awaited Messiah, the one you all have been praying for, the one you all have been waiting for. He actually showed up. You all did not believe him when he tried to tell you who he was. But instead of believing him, you all crucified him on the cross with that trumped up charge of blasphemy because y'all refused to believe who he was. But there is going to come a day, my people Israel, that you all will realize the error of your ways, the mistake, the grave mistake that you all have made by denying who he was. One day you will confess that he is Lord and you will believe in your hearts that he rose from the dead and thus you will be saved. Amen. So Christ actually became a stumbling block to the Jews at his first coming because he did not fulfill their messianic expectations and was rejected by them. But like I said, the day is coming when the stone which the builders rejected will become the cornerstone. Israel had to learn the lesson that righteousness comes from God and not, and not from national parentage, meaning that they just assume that since they come from Father Abraham, that they are guaranteed interest into the kingdom. And so Paul deliberately quoted Isaiah saying, Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. Amen. So despite Israel's rejection of their Messiah King, Paul is given full assurance that God's gracious offer of salvation by grace through faith and Christ's finished work. And what was his finished work? When he, <clears throat> excuse me, when he stepped out of deity, when he laid down the riches of heaven, where he, when he laid down his Godhead to come to the world to die on that Roman cross for the sins of the world, and when his blood was shed, it made atonement for sins, reconciling mankind back to God and because of that shed blood he was the last lamb uh, slain he was the last sacrifice that needed to be met to appease God's anger and through that shed blood we now have forgiveness of sins amen so that is the finished work of the cross and it is wide open to both Jew and Gentiles alike and he gave the assurance to both Israel and the nation. And what is this assurance that we have? And what happens now once Israel realized the error of their ways? And now that once the born again um, uh, a sinner has now been saved, what can we all now confess 
with our mouths that what Jesus is Lord. And why can we say that? Because we now believe in our hearts that God did in fact raise him from the dead three days later and thus we will now be saved. And so here in his letter to the Romans, Paul makes it very clear that although Israel has a zeal for God, they were ignorant of the purpose of the law and sought to attain their own righteousness by the works of the law. Their legalist practice sought to get God's approval without understanding that only the blood of their Messiah could pay for the price of their sins. Amen. Neither Jew nor Gentile need to jump through legalist hoops for God's approval. For God incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ, had already come to earth to meet with them. Nor do they need to go to the place of the dead. For Christ has been raised from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. Thus completing the work of salvation on behalf of all who will believe. So Isaiah foretold that Emmanuel will one day dwell with man, but yet the Jews did not recognize the incarnate word and they missed, they didn't, they did not recognize their Messiah. Why? Because of their religious bias and flawed perception, they did not understand that Jesus is Lord of all and the God of Israel. Christ, Jesus, died for their sin and was raised from the dead as reported by many witnesses. Yet, how difficult it was for the Jews to believe in his resurrection. Nevertheless, Paul promised that if they were able, okay, because here's the big if on the table, if they are able to confess Jesus as their Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and if Israel, and if Israel, not the unrepentant sinner, not not the lost soul looking to be saved, but if Israel confess Jesus as Lord, and if Israel believe in their heart that the Messiah was raised from the dead, then Israel would indeed be saved. Amen. So again, there are not two steps to salvation. Let me say it again. There are not two steps to salvation as some like to suggest meaning number one confessing Jesus is Lord and number two believing in Christ for salvation but simply two sides of the same justification coin right amen so only a born again believer okay not an unrepentant sinner only a born-again believer can confess now that Jesus is Lord for no man speaking in the spirit of God can say Jesus is cursed and no man can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. It is God alone who knows the heart 
right amen it is he alone who knows when a man or a woman believes in their heart that christ died for their sins and rose again now just like you i too have heard i too have said this I too have heard many members of the body of Christ. I have read many pamphlets. I have read many tracts. I have heard pastors say time and time again that if we pray this sinner prayer, that if we if we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, and if we ask him to come into our lives, then we can confess our sins and be saved let me just assure you my friends we do not we do not we do not want jesus to come into the heart of a lost soul why because if we look at jeremiah uh, 17 verses 9 through 10 the the condition of the human heart is this and this is why we never want jesus to come into that sewer of a heart it says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Verse 10, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Now, that's the New Living Translation there. So, again, we do not want Jesus to come into the heart of a lost soul. Amen. Because, and once that hidden heart decision to trust in Christ for salvation is met, the man or woman is immediately born from above by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, and is now, here we go, is freely able to confess what with their mouth saying what? Jesus is Lord. For the apostle Paul reminds us every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God and the spirit of God abides in him amen amen so to wrap all of this up we now understand glory be to god thank you holy spirit for wisdom and understanding of the scriptures we now see that roman 10 verses 9 through 10 is not a salvation two-step process we now understand if we put this in context if we if we start reading from verse 9 and bringing all this in and bringing the whole chapter into context we see that paul was pouring out his heart to israel because israel wanted to stick by that law they thought that their righteousness can come from the works of the lord thank you holy spirit let's go on and do this that they thought that in order to become righteous and in order to enter the kingdom of heaven that they had to stick by every jot and tittle of that law but guess what they couldn't keep it that is why the Lord Jesus Christ came because he was the only one that was able to fulfill every jot, every tittle of that law. How? Because he lived 
a perfect sinless life. Mankind can do that. He was the only perfect one. So now it is not through the law that one become righteous. It is faith, hallelujah, and the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross for the souls of many. His blood was shed. He made atonement for sin. He was the perfect sacrifice that God says, yes, my wrath is done. So now that appeased God, we've been reconciled back to the uh, back to the Father. So now we are in right standing. It is now through Christ and through Christ alone. Faith in him is what make a, a person righteous. And when we are righteous, we can now say he is Lord. Amen. I believe he rose from the grave after three days and he is sitting now at the place of honor at the right hand of God the Father. And there he awaits to make his enemies his footstool. Amen. Amen. So I am going to leave you all with this and I promise I'm going to let y'all go. I want to leave you all with the jailer's request of Paul and Silas who were in prison, right? And when they were singing and praising the Lord, an earthquake shook that jailhouse and the doors flew open and the jailer was scared that he was going to be accused that he let the jailers go. And so he was going to kill himself, right? But then he asks of Paul and Silas, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And we can read that whole story in Acts 16 verses 25 through 40. Now, I said I was going to let y'all go, but I also want to throw in this nugget as well that like you all I too when I wanted to come to Christ I was told that I had to confess my sins before him ask for forgiveness and I shall be saved again that is why the Holy Spirit teaches us all things nowhere in scripture does it say that a sinner must ask Jesus for forgiveness, um, that, that, that they need to uh, confess their sins. That is not scriptural, my friends, right? In order to confess your sins, a believer has the promise of 1 John 1, 9, that if we, because we now have Jesus as our advocate, why? Because when he died on the cross, his blood was shed for the remission of sin. And so going forth, if we happen to slip up and miss the mark, we have the blood of Jesus that washed away our sins. And so 1 John 1, 9 comes into play that if we now if we confess this is where confession of sin comes into play and I think this is why people may get confused right that that scripture is for the believer that if we confess our sins God is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness amen so no it is not scriptural 
that we are to confess our sins. It is a it is a given that our sin is forgiven. Why? Because when Jesus' blood was shed, it washed away the sins of the world. Now, going forward, because that don't mean that we have a license to sin. Now we up under grace. But going forward from that point, we must now live a life of repentance. And if we sin after that point, point after that point that is when we confess our sins to the lord jesus christ and so let me leave you all with this prayer and i promise i promise for real i'm letting y'all go now heavenly father in the name of jesus we thank you that your only begotten son came to earth to die on the cross and to rise again so that all who believe in him both jew and gentile alike would not perish but have everlasting life and we thank you that you have not forgotten your people israel and we think that we all now can confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord. And we believe in our hearts, hallelujah, that you raised him from the grave after three days. Thank you, Lord God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, folks. Until next time, Lord willing, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye